this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody what's going on josh wiggler here with another special edition of the mrs davis podcast on poster recaps of course i'm joined by mike bloom mike how are you doing uh, are you settled from the reveal uh, the hot sauce is still lingering well i would say it makes sense that we are talking with somebody who brought the constipator into our lives uh, considering that buffalo wild wings does the opposite <laughs> it's totally fair unbelievable well without further ado i don't think i can match that introduction <laughs> The great director herself, Alethea Jones, joining us here on the podcast. Alethea, thanks so much for taking the time, and sorry for Mike. I was just immediately hanging up and leaving. (laughs) Amazing. No, thank you for having me, and I am just so honored to be associated with the constipator. Like, what an honor. Uh, probably a pretty strong legacy. Uh, Like if nothing else happened, and if work does just fully shut down forever, uh, at least the constipator uh we could always you know lost had the constant mrs davis has the constipator yeah it, you know like when this show premiered when that episode premiered i, I turned to 
my managers and said, see, just find me another show like this. Like <laughs> just, it's got to have trapdoors. It's got to have constipators. It's got to have doppelganger popes. Like what's wrong? Where, yeah. where are the shows? I want, I want that. Pretty well, much. That's the, that's the wild thing is that, you know, you got the, the wild pleasure wing. of, and yeah, it was, you got the pleasure of directing three of like the most spanning episodes from both a global perspective, a genre perspective, and just like a, bookmark perspective you know a centerpiece of going from the wilds of Excalibur right to the angels and demons on crack adventure that is finding out about the pope and the king cake to then episode six where we are headed back stateside but there are still things like you know fake offices and heists gone wrong uh, and so there is so much that you got to do over the course of only three episodes of television i know that Television is a lot nowadays, but I feel like even by television standards, you still got to span an entire gamut of work on Mrs. Davis. I did. It was, and it was just so fun. And, and honestly, every few days, it was a new set piece to focus on. With you know, I, when I got to, we shot half of it in Spain. We shot Excalibur battle in Spain. Um, as you know, Spain sort of doubled as Scotland, the Vatican as well. Uh, uh. I, I got to the edit and had forgotten that we'd shot the rodeo stuff for episode three because we shot that in LA. So and I was like, oh my God, this Excalibur battle episode has a whole rodeo thing happening too that it had been so long between them. But yeah, you're right. And it, it was really fun to keep playing in all those different spaces. You had to embrace it or you'd go crazy. So just, oh, yeah. Just well, I think I think you have to lean in. And I think that that's definitely something that the people who have loved this show, which very much includes us, uh, have, have done. So... We were able to talk about the whole thing now. The whole thing has been released. As we're recording this, it hasn't. So I can't wait to see how everyone's <laughs> reacting to this thing. Have you been awaiting the reactions to the reveals of like the Buffalo Wild Wings of it all? Everything that's going down in the finale. Have you been tracking the reactions to Mrs. Davis? No, I can't. I mm. I mean, I, I've been sneakily tracking it at the very start. I was just so delighted that it was received. So I'm usually involved with weird shows that find their niche audiences or, or, you know, I tip of my cap to a large 49. 49. Yes. I was about to say, <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was very lucky. To something, direct. something about the Knights Templar. I feel like there uh, is uh, some connection. Yeah. That's I all could... I want. Yeah. Give me an Indiana Jones thing. Like that's yeah. what I want. That I, that's what I'm working towards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I have been, you know, but but I, I couldn't help. I, as a rule, I don't read stuff, but I couldn't help because I'm so proud of Mrs. Davis. I, I had to peek. I, I've yeah. peeked hashtag on Twitter every now and then and, and just been delighted by people, their response. Well, not to mention that you were also behind one of the episodes that had one of the biggest twists in the show's history slash maybe that I have seen in television with the fact that the opening scene of the entire series was a shoe commercial. It was a Super Bowl <laughs> commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Or attempted one, at least. Talk about <laughs> filming that because, you know, what were you working in conjunction with Owen who like directed the scene to be like, okay, let's try to translate into some sort of medium of film. How did it feel from your perspective to handle rolling out such a world changing twist onto the show? Well, here's the twist because it had to have uh, such a cohesion. I, I actually had to go back to America. I was in Spain for a few months and the shoot just kept going a little bit longer in Spain. So Owen actually shot the commercial. Yeah. 
that was mm-hmm. Owen's directing, even though it was in our episode. And, you know, there's, there should be a singular vision to, to that, which is Matilde's vision, which is Owen masked as Matilde. But it was a joy. Like, in terms of that reveal, I couldn't wait. Like, I, I didn't tell my husband anything. And I'm <laughs> sitting there just, and I would say to people, you know, some people had asked me, are we ever going to go back to that French stuff? Like it opened with that. Where's that going? I even spoke about it in my interview because uh, I read the pilot uh, and with Damon and Tara and Owen when 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 I was interviewing for the job, I, I was even like, what's happening with those French chicks? Like, yeah. <laughs> wh- what? Like, when are we going back in time again? And uh, and they just, zip, they zipped it in my interview. Like they were like, well, so are we going, are we going back in time? Or we are going... I think they said we are going back in time, but not to the 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 space you think it is because it's back in the what is it the nineties? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's like a little bit of a nineties. The height throwback. of British Knights popularity. That's of it. That's it. So I'm I'm curious to go back to that interview that you're talking about and back to like the starting line uh, as you were racing to round the corner to get a good position on the Excalibur yourself. Um, joining this project and being a part of Mrs. Davis. Um, what was it like to get involved early on? What were some of your first reactions to the story? How much of this did you were you uh, read in on after you mm. got hired? I would love to just kind of get the origin story. Oh, good question, Josh. Uh, all, I those was... are the only kinds I ask. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mike, on the other hand, am I, I right? Know, I know. Listen, Risen. I didn't get things off on the right foot with that first joke. It's uh, just been all downhill from there. <laughs> forever grateful for the constipator. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I was actually shooting another show at the time called Rise of the Pink Ladies. And mm. I, I was in Vancouver and, and uh, the script came in and I was almost too busy to read it. And and my manager was like, I think you'll like this. You've been asking me for weird stuff. So I read it one weekend and I remember closing the script. I, I remember actually stopped putting the script down as soon as the, the first Knights Templar, the opening scene had happened. And uh, I walked across the room to my husband and I was like, can I just describe a scene that just happened? Like, and then I finished the pilot and I tried to tell him about it and it, I couldn't pitch it. Like I couldn't. And that's a good thing for me that that's yeah. an tangible kind of special thing. So then I met with, with Damon and Atara and Owen and, and Damon had caught some of my other work. I think he had caught Lodge 49. He had worked with Peter Ocko on The Leftovers. He had caught Made for Love, which I had directed, and he had worked with Patrick Somerville. Uh, on the leftovers as well. And so that was a lovely group of um, showrunners that I got to collaborate with. And so I was very thrilled to hear that Damon knew who I was. Like he's just a, a king. Watchmen was a religious experience for me, especially during the pandemic. So so that was great. And I had a couple of meetings with them. I didn't think the timing was going to work out. Uh, and so I, I, I thought I would be a little too tired and not fully available to commit to them. So I declined. Was the turnaround them. really uh, intense from Pink Ladies? It was. Uh, mm. Well, I ended up having one and a half days between shows. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Wow. That was part of the drive back. Like. I had a Sunday of driving and then the Monday of driving. And then I was, I was into the office in the afternoon, the next day starting, but, uh, but pink ladies kept shutting down for COVID. We had such a huge cast of 20 year olds. Need I say more? Yeah. So um, that just kept shutting down. So I just had to say to everyone, I don't think I can commit to Mrs. Davis because I'm, I don't want to sign on and then just be delayed. But pink ladies released me early. Uh, I, 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 
I was the producing director on the whole series of that. So I was meant to be there right to the end, but they let me leave halfway through the finale because there was another director doing that. Yeah. And I mm. in and they read me in. Boy, did they read me in once so I got what is what is that? look yeah. like uh, because the I think you're absolutely right trying to explain the pilot to someone who hasn't seen it or engaged it yet I Mike and I struggled to do this we tried nope. to like you know put out sort of like a, a teaser podcast of you're just gonna have to trust us was yeah. kind of where we landed like just try it see if it's your taste it is ours <laughs> so how yeah. does how does the reading work how do you get read in on the full scope of what the algorithm actually is, what right. Simone's journey is, and some of the thematics underneath all of that. Yeah. Um, it all, for me, and and because I'm often a producing director, I'm I'm overseeing other, I'm checking out other, checking in on other directors, right? And, and there's a thing called a tone meeting. I'm sure you guys know about it, for, mm. but for your listeners who don't know what tone meetings are, it's it's the director and writer's opportunity to um, to get on the same page about the intention of things. So, like, I take tone meetings really seriously, and I'm like at the at the high end of the spectrum of asking a lot of questions, like too many. I'll drive the tone meeting. So I had a list of questions. Sometimes directors don't have any questions. Sometimes showrunners are even like, what are we going to talk about? Whereas Damon and Tara came to party and so did I. So I had, I had my script and I had questions and those questions were about the rest of the show. It's like, okay, what, like, and even like, I was read in a few times. So when yeah. I first got there, I was like, what's happening with those French bitches? And, and <laughs> all right, it's a commercial. Right. And then, and then, but then later on scripts come out and that's when you actually are like, Holy, I knew that the, I knew that the Holy Grail was Jesus's skull from mm. day one. Actually, I think I knew it was Jesus skull from uh, uh, my, one of my interviews. Yeah. The, and I was like, how are you? That's fascinating. That's so specific. Yeah. Weird universal idea. So yeah, that sort of stuff. So it was ebbing and flowing. Damon and Tara are incredibly, um, communicative. I had a direct line to them. They were so encouraging. That was lovely. Like they were all over it and so specific. And yet they gave us a long leash to, to play and do things as well. It's a beautiful balance. How much did you impart that onto the people you were directing? I think for instance, in episode six, where Simone is told about the fate of Monty that we are not privy to until this most recent finale. Was that something you were aware of in the moment? And was that something you told Betty as well to try to get a genuine reaction out of her? Yes. Betty also had a direct line to Tara and Damon. And and I wasn't in some of those meetings. Sometimes I was there on set when we were all talking, but Betty was just so good at that. You know, there, there were a lot of, just, I mean, it, as you can, probably guess that there are a lot of there were a lot of discussions this is a show about heavy communication and even then things can go wrong because like how many meetings did we have for that constipator so many <laughs> like <laughs> can you so, tell, can you describe a couple of them <laughs> uh, they were a joy we have a, our props master james is the best in the business like he was going to like military people to get things constructed and the constipator was very sensitive <laughs> JQ, um, played by Chris Diamantopoulos, uh, he, for some reason, sometimes it just wouldn't work for him. And then Betty would, he'd be like, it's broken. This is broken. Mine's broken. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the props people would come in and be like, no, no, you've just got to be, and it would, it would go off. And that's where I had the idea to get JPV, um, 
played by Eli Henry, I had the idea that he should always freak out every time it, the consummator <laughs> opens. He's like, ah! and he just loved that. But yeah, um, it just stopped working for Chris. And then Betty would take it out of his hand and go, it works fine. Like it would work for her, but it was sensitive. I think we only had two and we, we they sent it. Conveniently enough. Yeah. Only, only two numbers for yes. the consummators. That's it. That's it. Yeah. The consummator, much like Excalibur, only certain people could, could wield oh, this thing. It, exactly. It Betty, like. Betty was the true wielder. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the chosen one. The chosen one. Simone is the chosen one. That's it. Well, and then we had another of... fake one too. Sorry. A fake constipator that bent. Like, so the one right. that was, rigged to open up was not the one that bent in the and in fact i think we ended up just cutting around it and already having a bent one that we we tried to get it to bend in oh we i think we did get a shot of it bending but it was it was tough yeah well you mentioned chris what was your onset reaction to hearing his accent <laughs> oh gosh I would just love to, yeah, get under the hood of the performance <laughs> of JQ and your experiences with that, because that's that's my favorite TV character of 2023 oh. so far. Oh, he's my spirit animal, and and Chris is a joy as well. Okay, so I was in his audition, and we had a text chain going, which often happens. Producers will have a, a text chain happening while the and, and unfortunately these things are all over Zoom now, right? Mm. So he's auditioning on Zoom. And we're texting each other as we're watching him. This guy's incredible. This guy's hilarious. Tara texts, I'd love to see him with an accent. And Damon is famously, he loves Australian comedy. He loves, like, you, you even the leftovers, you would have seen a little, like, a little um, nod. They go to, to like, Australia. Go you to know, Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Damon talks about Lost me. stems from Australia. Exactly. Yeah. He would talk, he talked to me as well about his love for Australian irony. Um and then I think it was Damon that was like, what about an Australian accent? And so Owen chimed into the Zoom and he's like, hey, Chris, could you, I, sorry to spring, because we all know Australians are hard accent. And to spring that on someone is fucked up. Yes. <laughs> like, hey, Chris, wondering if you could do maybe an Australian accent. And Chris, without batting an eyelid, goes, yeah, uh, what sort do you want? Do you want, and then and then in accent, he's like, do you want Russell Crowe or do you want Hugh Jackman or do you want like more of a, like, and he just started giving us different iterations and it and it was hilarious. And, you know, like, I don't know if, yeah, he, he's, the character is not necessarily Australian. He just has an Australian accent, right? So, um, but I like to think that in my episodes, it got a little bit better. Like it was uh-huh. a little bit <laughs> I come from a background in acting. I studied phonetics. So I was really, I could hear, obviously as an Australian, I could hear it, but I could also give him the tools to be like, oh, you're going Cockney. You're going too Cockney there. It's this. And then I'd just come in and we'd repeat each other. Like I, we'd, I'd say the word and he'd say it back and then I'd go back behind the camera or I'd call out during a take. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, and then, like, I just, and I brought him Vegemite from home. He had the idea he wanted to spoon Vegemite into his mouth. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, did, was Mite Me in the script or did you come no. up with that on the day of? That was Chris. That was his idea. <laughs> I brought it from home. Props props were scrambling. They they weren't sure they could find Vegemite in time. And I'm like, I have six jars of it. <laughs> and Chris took all the spares back with him too. Like then props scrambled in with jars of Vegemite as well. So we had so much and... Chris is, he loves it. He loves Vegemite. So does his daughter. Wow. Uh, well, I feel like this, this show, it, it, there's gotta be loads of stories like this just from your episodes alone, but 
series wide, I mean, if you're looking for weird, if that was sort of your prime directive, you definitely got it. But you also, I think, uh, one of the reasons why it's been so resonant is it's very topical. It's very of the moment and what we are dealing with right now, certainly with emergent technology and AI and, you know, how that's going to impact certain professions like poker for JQ or writing for, you know, I don't know, just a yeah. bunch of people who might be relevant to this conversation. Um, and I feel like uh, it's just there's a lot of layered content underneath the surface of this very sometimes goofy uh, over the top show. So I wonder how much that was on your mind and sort of like connecting with the material of, yeah, there is, there's a tonal line here. Speaking of like the tone meeting of it's got to kind of be bombastic and absurdist in a lot of ways, but there is like, there's a real threat underneath it. Like there's a real existential threat underneath it. Yeah. I've come to find that the weird of the show the more earnest I have to take it. The funnier the show too, like I, I've always approached comedy and I love working in a comedy space uh, because the shows that I tend to do are so bonkers. You can't really cruise a lot. You can't look at your phone that much or, or you're going to miss something weird because you could, I can look at my, I love looking at my phone when I'm watching TV too. Like, and when you, and when audiences are so fluent in genre and dialogue and story, we can look down and be like, oh, yeah, 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 I know what this scene, I know where this scene's going. Whereas um, these weirder shows, you can't really do it. So I have found through trial and error, I just have to take them, I have to do be so earnest, even with my coverage, even with where I'm putting the camera, I've got to get inserts. And, you know, the temptation, I've been on shows where the producers have said, this isn't an insert show, we don't do inserts. And I shoot the inserts anyway because it's a weird show. Uh, you have to show the audience the weird thing that they're talking about. So, and it always makes the edit. So I hope that answers your question. I just treat things very seriously. Definitely. When you talk about stepping back into the past, you know, what is interesting is that episodes three and six in particular are spent largely in flashback, uh, which is something we get in drips and draz, but through obviously finding out about both Wiley and Simone's relationship, getting to see a day in life in that versus Wiley's ultimate quest to become worthy and then in episode six you find out a bit about you know how things quote-unquote end for this happy little family of the Abbots when you're approaching that material knowing how important it is to both the lore of the characters and also some of the mysteries as we'll see in the finale did you have like a specific approach for that type of material knowing it does take place in a, a different time and almost a different world than a lot of the stuff we're experiencing nowadays yeah, absolutely. Look, all of us did. And 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 I just want to give huge props to the actors who, who were coming out swinging with choices as well. Like that Jake being like, I want to have different facial hair in my past. And, and now um, uh, Betty was much more tanned back then wearing heavier makeup before she was a nun, things like that. They were choices that they made that I wasn't, that I, I don't know when they made them, but it, thank God they did. It was great. Um, and I was just really mindful of transitions, like in a really shallow way, really, really interested in what's getting us into the flashback uh, and, and what's bringing us back out of it. Like there was a in the rodeo, I don't know if you caught it, but it, it's not the, the rodeo that we saw at the start. It's the rodeo at the end when Simone's finally telling Jake about her relationship with Jay and, and what brought her to prayer and, and ultimately how she met Jay. Um, I've just had this idea that maybe we could, flash we could bring a rain machine to the rodeo and there's just one quick flash of her standing in the rain mm. talk and betty was like whoa 
what is that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just had this idea. We don't have to do it. But I was wondering, and we designed it to be the la- her last shot of the day so that we could just drench her and have her. And, but it, and that was difficult because we knew that we hadn't shot the Scotland stuff yet. We didn't know how she would be emoting. But Betty just took a beat and said, I love it. Give me a few moments. Like I told her at the start of the day, like I, I was like, listen, this is just an idea I had. I definitely need to get this scene without it. And I'll probably be on you in Scotland. In the edit, I'm I'm meant to be on you in Scotland, but I thought it could be fun just for you to do a little flash in a rain machine at the rodeo. With and we brought a lightning machine. That's the stuff I'm exploring and, and thinking about. The flowers in the co- in the Trojan couch. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they're kind of shifting over into the flashback. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't scripted either. And it was just an idea I had. And that was a little, and in fact, the rain and the flowers, some, I'm so um, in lockstep with the showrunner um, and creator. I get everything that they ask for, but sometimes I like to give them special little surprises. So I didn't tell them about the rain or the flowers. Be- and I, so I shot it as they would want it in case they were like, nah. And I had time on both days to do it. So they were little surprises for them, a transitional surprise. Well, that's great. I think that that just really speaks to uh, the collaborative nature of of the project. And yeah. I am sure that there are creators and showrunners in town who'd be like, why have you brought me this? You know, but like, I, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, why is it raining there? It's what, what, it was raining there. A dead squirrel to their doorstep and going. Yeah, but if anyone's going to appreciate the dead squirrel, uh, you know, I feel like this might be the team. So uh, really, really great stuff. Um, I would love to know what were some of the challenges and demands of crafting a compelling narrative about basically 20 minutes of holding on to a sword. <gasps> yeah. What were the challenges? Look, I mean, uh, it is, it is, I, you put that on paper and dramatize this. And Mike and I are survivor fans, and there's yeah. like a Ooh. feeling of like immunity challenge type stuff there. But that's really hard to convey dramatically. There's, there's only so many form. shots you can have of these like middle aged dudes holding onto the same piece of plastic and metal. And also, the that's continuity not- I got imagine is nuts for that. Yeah, look, and sometimes we fail. <laughs> sure. But, um, look, Jake McDormand is a superstar. And so all you have to do is train the camera on him. He, he uh, I just want to work with Jake and Betty for the re- and Chris for the rest of my life. Uh, so you've got, when you've got him at the center of it, honestly, you could, and, and that silly little helmet, like mm-hmm. you can just hold on him. I just made sure that I got a lot of um, reactions and, and extra beautiful shots. You know, one of the biggest challenges was um, that we needed to do that. That was a three day shoot which actually wasn't long enough, but we needed those background to keep returning. Uh, so we, we, um, I did my best to rally them and make them feel seen and build relationships with them so that they felt special enough to be rather than I'm not coming back. This sucks. Cause, cause background sometimes won't turn up again on the second or third day. And if you've baked in continuity, you're screwed. Yeah. So, uh, we, that was uh, on a practical level, that was an interesting challenge to, to make sure. That, and they did. They were awesome. At the end, they were like, they held me up on their shoulders and chanted One True Queen, which was very sweet. <laughs> wow. Oh. Uh, heck of a send off. Um, I, I, I also wanted to ask you about crafting a heist. Uh, and uh, heist, heist, heist. You heist. know, yeah. I think if we left here without uh, chanting heist in your direction. Plan a heist. Yes, we'd be in trouble. We'd be in trouble. So how did you plan a heist? 
that was my first two days of shooting. And wow. it was with, wow. Uh, it was an alternate crew. Uh, we were doing double up days. So Owen was with the main crew doing episode two work. And I was with a new crew. And so it's just, it was incredible. And everything was new. Um, I have been wanting to do action. I love action. I used to be a choreographer and I love musicals. So action is just, uh, I loved it. I, I watched a lot of Bourne movies. I watched, uh, what else did I, I, I watched a lot of action and I just knew that I wanted to keep the camera moving and I wanted to get a lot of inserts and I push, push, push. Like we had three cameras going and uh and everyone got on board like I, I got the actors in it with me I'm like I, I'm gonna, and they didn't know me like they were like who is she? do you get that there's a stage where you can feel them being like can we trust her right of course and they they came they came they jumped right in and it was a joy uh but yeah it, it was I, I needed all the pieces so I planned and planned and planned and and then planned again. It's the only way to do a yeah. heist but yeah. is that not the theme of the show is like can we trust this person and I think at the end of the day, to a certain extent, it's always about putting your faith behind somebody and something and less so about relying on them solely to, you know, pass things down, but creating more of that collaborative experience. And the world that Mrs. Davis hopes to end on as a show seems like the community that you and the rest of the crew were fostering as well behind the scenes. Yeah, we're a bunch of, of optimistic little weirdos. And that's all I care about. Um, All right. That if this was a, a print piece, that's the headline that I'd be running. Mm -hmm. uh, Mrs. Davis cast and crew, a bunch of optimistic little weirdos. Well, from two optimistic little weirdos, as well <laughs> as our currently absent third co-host, who is also an optimistic little weirdo, Joe. We thank you so much for this. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, and here's to many more weird things for you to yeah. Oh, let's keep talking about them. And what a joy. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks ours. so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Have a good one. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.